Uh, hello all, how are you all doing? Can you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Great, it's always been there, amazing. Um, fantastic stuff. So um, as you know, we have been working through this series, Life Coaching. We are on number 16, believe it or not, but these are the subjects we have covered so far and there are just two, oh one moment, my bad, just two left. And they are these two, Sabbath and Uncluttered. And the whole premise behind this series has been putting building blocks into our lives that enable us to live life to the full. This list that you can see on the screen is not exhaustive. There definitely are other things that you could consider and have in your life. But we just tried to put in some of the key, uh, the key ones, 17 in total. 17 is not a significant spiritual number before anyone tries to work it out. Uh, So here we are. This is number 16, Sabbath. Um, Can you, um, don't bother at home, just put your hands up in the room if you've heard of the word Sabbath. Okay, so most of you have heard of the word Sabbath. Um, Can you just put your hand up if you know, if if I were able to like get you up here, you could explain what the Sabbath is. You feel like you know it. Yes, I'm confident. I'm not going to get you up here. Don't panic. Okay, fewer hands. Yes, as expected. That's absolutely fine. Well, I must give um, a massive nod to um, one, of my, one of my heroes uh, for this talk, a guy called John Mark Comer, who runs Bridgetown Church. Um, he's an absolute inspiration um, on this topic. So he runs Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon. Uh, he has written a book that is definitely in my top ten books which is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. So the subject of Sabbath is where we're at. So we're going to launch straight in uh, with some Bible. This is from Genesis, right at the beginning, first book of the Bible. Not only the first book, we're starting in the first chapter. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, The sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So, on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So this is from... As I say, the very first book of Genesis. So God has just been creating the world. We're not really going to get into um, a creating um, versus evolution debate because it's really tiresome. Um, um, You only have to look at food chains to realize that explosions don't produce food chains. Anyway, moving on. Uh, So what we see here is a pattern of God working for six days and God resting on the seventh. God resting. Even that concept is, is weird to me. It, it, God rested. He blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So holy means set apart. Holy doesn't necessarily mean, oh, doesn't mean that. Holy means set apart. Simple as that. So God set apart the seventh day because on it he rested from all the work of cre- creating. So you've got creating, 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 rest. A little bit further on, uh, we move into the next book in the Bible, 
This is Exodus. And so this is the first time, this isn't actually this that we're looking at, isn't the very first time, only just a few chapters before. We see the introduction, really, of the word Sabbath or Shabbat, if you would like it in the Hebrew. And, and this is the Ten Commandments. So most people know about the Ten Commandments. So this is where um, God effectively established the group of people, the Israelites, and he gave them some, some rules to live by, some codes, some fences to, to protect them. And one of them was this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, by keeping it set apart. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant. You lot, been working your servants too hard on the Sabbath. That should be a no. That's a public rebuke for you. Nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, because he was speaking to the Israelite people. And so this was specifically a group of people, and some of them, when they'd, um, they had other people from other nations who were living with them, and he's saying, you shouldn't be getting them to do any work either, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh. Therefore... The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy, made it set apart. So these were the Ten Commandments as set out by God to Moses, which he then passed on to the people. And this comes in the top ten. Remember the Sabbath. Okay, so let's have a quick look at the word Sabbath. And this is really where we're going to land and spend most of our time this morning. Sabbath. It can really be split up into four main words that we're going to explore this morning. Stop, rest, delight, worship. Stop, rest, delight, worship. So it is to be one day, one 24-hour period. Now the the um, Israelite day actually started in the evening. So one of the first things you did was feast and sup with friends and then go to bed. Um, and then you would get up and continue and then the day would finish at sort of sunset. Obviously, that's not how we do it. But the principle is it's a 24-hour window. So let's take each of these words, work our way through. Stop. Stop. God created, 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 stopped. He stopped creating. What does it look like for us to stop? What does it look like for you to stop? Just stop. Not do the usual, no, no work on that day, no thinking about work. Thinking about work can engender exactly the same physiological reactions as if you were actually at work. So no thinking about work either. I'm going to risk this one, maybe no household chores. I don't know, it's a tricky one. But like... Okay, today's the day. 
we're going to clear the garden. We're going to go to the tip. That's really meant to be more like a day off than a, a Sabbath. The stop of the Sabbath is the antidote to a hurried, fast-paced, notification-heavy lives. We stop with the stimuli of demands. Alan Fadling, an author, he says this, the stop gives us the unhurried, one-in-seven rhythm woven into the fabric of creation. That seventh day is a space for us to enter into a needed recovery and perhaps even go through the inevitable withdrawals from the hurry, drivenness and workaholism that plagues so many of our lives, families, communities and organisations. On the Sabbath, hurry becomes a vice. So stopping. Now, I don't do this. As it happens, um, John Mark Comer does do this. I do put my phone down. I do use my phone less. I don't check my work notifications. That is for sure. John Mark Comer goes a stage further. He locks his phone in a box. For 24 hours, I can see some of you shaking in withdrawals already. I must admit, I haven't quite got to that stage, but he locks his phone in a box. But definitely on that day, I try to look at less news. I don't go on Facebook. Perhaps I should invert Facebook. Six days ye shall not go on Facebook, and on the seventh you may take a peek. I think maybe it's that way round. No news What would that look like to to shut away the notifications for a day? Stopping. Did you know that before the invention of the light bulb, the average American, and I would guess it's probably the same for us Brits, slept for about 11 hours a night? (laughs) Next, please. The average is now down to seven. What impact does that have on our bodies, on our minds, on our souls? What impact? So number one of Sabbath, rest. Stop even, now rest. Number two, rest. Now rest is really tricky. I will grant you there is a whole load of ambiguity over rest. If you think stop is complicated, no household chores, what, no dishwasher loading, no making of meals, okay. Rest, even more grey. But generally, go for this for rest. Jot it down. I can see you all with your uh, notepads and writing implements out. Some of you old schoolers will have to whip your stylus out from the side of your PDA, if you remember PDAs back in the day. Um, It is this, it's removing those things that drain our tanks. If that's your spouse, that could get awkward. But removing those things that drain our tanks. And we'll come on to stacking up those things that fill our tanks. It's resting. 
Those things that you know are going to bleed the life out of you, don't do them on a Sabbath. God says, not today. You've got six days to do that life-draining stuff. The seventh, just rest. Try not to have hard conversations on the Sabbath. Now, Nick and I are terrible at this. We don't really argue much, but if we're going to, it's probably on the Sabbath. (laughs) We save up our big conversations for when we're not working, and then we can sit and actually chat something through. But the principle isn't, oh, what, you bury your head in the sand for the Sabbath. It's like, no, but like on your birthday or Christmas day or your wedding anniversary, just put it off for a day. Start the day after your Sabbath with a nice meaty row, but not on the Sabbath. <laughs> Sometimes it isn't easy to tell whether something is work or not, whether it's rest or not, whether you're stopping or not. It, 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 it's all a bit grey. Jesus' disciples They were walking through a field of corn and they picked some of that corn, rubbed it, ate some of that corn. The the Pharisees, oh, how comes you are letting your disciples work? You're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath. Well, there's a missing of the point here. As it happens, it is not illegal according to the Torah, that's the, the, the rules, the laws that were set down for the Jewish people. It is not illegal to snack on the Sabbath. But what the, um, what the Pharisees, what the church leaders of the day had done, is they said, okay, you've essentially got these 10 rules and then a whole bunch of other things around it, but that's not enough. There's too much grey, there's too much ambiguity, so we're going to make a whole load of rules and record them in the, in the Mishnah. And this was, this was their attempt to kind of fence in and say, this is what you're allowed to do, this is okay, this is not. Anyone who loves a bit of law, they love okay, not okay. They don't love grey. It's too mucky, it's too unclear. Am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? Are they in the right? Are they in the wrong? Can I judge them or not? I mean, I need to know whether I can criticise them on Facebook. Are they right or wrong? I don't like this grey business. Forget it. The world can hear my opinion anyway. Um, so um, what Jesus ended up saying was, you have, you have missed the point. Man was not made to bow to the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man's sake. And we just need to be slightly cautious here that we don't effectively become pharisaical and say, well, is this allowed? Is this not allowed? I don't know. I don't know what stop and I don't know what rest looks like for you. So here's an example for me. You'd say, well, that's definitely not for me. Mowing the lawn. We don't have a massive back lawn. But actually, I quite like mowing the lawn because I don't really have to think about it massively. And normally, as I'm doing the lawn, I'm just thinking about other things. So even though you'd say, well, it doesn't that count as a household chore? Yeah, but for me, it kind of fills my tank. If someone else has picked the dog poo up first, it fills my tank. As does going for a walk. There's a theme here, without the dog. On the Sabbath, you can go for a walk without the dog. Without the dog running off, chasing after people, barking at people who um, are ethnic minorities, um, which is what our dog does. Um, Pooing, running into people's front gardens, chasing cats, having the dog return to us. Oh, it's a joy. Honestly, anyone wants a dog, contact me afterwards. Uh, You're so welcome. 
We thought she'd only live till 10. We found out when she was five that she's like to live till 15. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, we used to go to Waitrose. It's right near where we live. We used to go there for a bacon roll on uh, the Sabbath. These days, on the Sabbath, which is a Thursday for Nick and me, I wake up and I do a cooked breakfast for the family. We always have a cooked breakfast. Only once a week, cooked breakfast. We'll sit around... We'll do some reading, we'll read the Bible maybe, listen to some music, we'll sit in the sun, trying desperately to give our bodies a chance just to refresh and rejuvenate. If I'm really honest, what can often happen is that physically I can feel a bit naff on our day off because finally you're just slowing down and stopping a bit. A guy called Mark Buchanan, he's a pastor and an author, he says this, Sabbath is about releasing the illusion of control to God and rest itself is an act of trust in God. The world will carry on without you, attentive to your notifications just for one day. I have to say, as a pastor, this job does get particularly tricky What does Sabbath look like? When are you working? When are you not working? You're not working, you're walking the dog. No, I'm praying for you while I'm walking the dog and praying that the dog lives while I'm walking the dog. Praying, is that working for a pastor? I don't know, it gets really tricky. But let's move on. Let's move on to delighting. So we've had stop, we've had rest, delight. Now, to delight in in stuff, to delight in life, to wonder, to, to have that, it's pretty hard to come by when you have a lot of rush in your life. Rush and wonder are pretty diametrically opposed, if I'm honest. Now, God blessed the Sabbath. We saw that earlier. And one of the translations of blessed, or one of, the, um, one of the meanings that you can eke out of the word blessed, is happy. So one of the aims, really, of the Sabbath is that you try as far as possible to lay aside being a miserable what's-it, and as best you can, you have a smiley day, you have a happy day. So here's a question, what could you do, please do not call this out, because some of your answers may not be appropriate. What could you do for 24 hours that would fill your soul with delight? So psychologists call this saving all the good bits up to having one go. They call it pleasure stacking. And the Sabbath is meant to be a day of pleasure stacking. It's great news. Calories count for zero on the Sabbath. This is brilliant news. Maybe it's the one night of the week when you have ice cream with chocolate sauce and sprinkles. Nick and I will often go out for lunch. And if we don't manage to go out for lunch somewhere, like we haven't been, um, we maybe grab a takeaway in the evening. I will often read a magazine on our day off, on our Sabbath, and actually not feel guilty that I'm wasting precious time. We will sometimes watch a film together. Used to go to the cinema together back in the days. Remember cinemas? Um, Maybe even on the Sabbath, go to the bedroom, lock the door. Yep. We have, some of you are like, hi, what? 
not, not getting that. Not getting that. Always, you will see Nick smiling on a Friday morning. That's all I can say. We have treats on a Sabbath. We wonder. We dream. We enjoy. It's a day to fill our lives with beauty and not, like I keep doing, booking a trip to the tip. Sorry, the Household Waste Recycling Centre, as Josh corrected me the other day. I seem to book it in on the Sabbath. I'm not sure that that entirely fits in. Although, I do quite like going to the tip, I have to say. The thing is, while I'm making our Sabbath sound amazing, we're really learning. We're not great at it. We are better than we were. But to be honest, a lot of the time we come screeching into a Thursday, 100 miles an hour, slam on the handbrake and for most of the morning and then we reach the natural lull of about 2pm anyway and then to be honest you're just about when you start thinking oh gosh we've got to go again tomorrow that's definitely how it works for us we are definitely still working we are working we are working to try and make the day feel like everything it could feel like. I'm terrible for not... I don't like the idea that I turn on all all my notifications Friday morning not having any idea what I'm going to look at. So I must admit, I do normally sneak a bit of a peek at them for me Thursday evening, just so I've got some idea what crisis I may or may not be walking back into. As you can imagine, it makes me sleep super well knowing I have a crisis to deal with in the morning. It's fantastic. Last one, lastly, stop, rest, delight, worship. Now, in many ways, you may say, I'm not sure about this order. I mean, surely worship comes first, right? Surely worship should be at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's not a refined list. You don't say three hours, okay, time check, three hours, and we're now resting three hours and then move on to delighting. Of course, they're all intermingled. But I don't know about you, worship is so much easier when it comes from a place of delight. And delighting is so much easier when that comes from a place of noticing and resting. And resting is much easier once you've stopped. It is a day to feast upon God's goodness. Not just to listen to worship music, but to take part in it. To take a nap to it. It's a day to read some psalms. It's a day to ponder on God's faithfulness and the blessings you have in your life and to thank God for them. Delight, as we've said, naturally leads into worship. Hurry is an enemy of both. You can't really worship in a hurry. Right, God, I've got three minutes. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together in cause. Right, that's it, I'm done. It's like, wow, connection's really hard. If you can do that, good for you. Most of us can't. Stop, rest, delight, worship. Here we go. Oh, no, not that one, that one. Are you joking? I can hear some of you. I can see it on your faces. You are having a laugh. How can you possibly do this? It's all right for you. You can take a Thursday. Your kids are at school. 
I mean, obviously, honestly, if you have young kids at home, we know we've done that phase. It's a struggle even to get two minutes to yourself. Even the toilet isn't considered off limits. Mom, Dad! Like, oh my word, leave me alone just for a minute. 24 hours, you say? I'll take 24 seconds. The thing is, God set up this pattern, this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. God set the pattern up, it's in His design. God tells us that if we're to love Him well, follow Him, live life to the full, Sabbath is going to have to be in the mix. Do you want it? Do you want a Sabbath? Now, it's not having a night off. It's not quite the same thing. There is, a, there is an intentionality about a Sabbath that isn't just the absence of something else. It is the deliberate putting in of other things. And yes, of course, the absence of some things. It isn't saying, well, I had a night off this week and binge watch such and such on Netflix. That isn't really Sabbath. That's called binge watching something on Netflix. That's what that's called. It translates the same from the Hebrew. It's amazing. What it is, the Sabbath is a deliberate intention towards stop, rest, Delight, worship. Getting started. Where do you start? I'm going to say this. Treat the Sabbath in the same way as if I said to you, admittedly there may be some runners, some runners online. If I said to you right now, you need to go and run a marathon. I don't know what percentage of this room could do it. Looking at you all. I'm not sure. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. You online, awesome. I see you. I see you in the lycra. I get it. Very unlikely. Sabbath, if you're really going to knock a Sabbath out of the park, it's going to take some working on. It's going to take some working towards. The key is this. Start somewhere. That's what I would say. Maybe you can grab only half a day. Maybe you can find only two hours. An hour. An hour is going to be pretty hard, but maybe just an hour. Then ask yourself these questions. What does it look like for me to stop? What does it look like for me to rest, to delight, to worship? Jot some of those things down. Talk about them. Risk putting your devices on silent. So a common refrain heard a lot at the moment is this. I don't want to go back to how things were. We don't want the rubber band to be let go of and just snap back to where it was. I hear a lot of people saying it, and it's certainly very much in my heart. If there is ever an opportunity in our lives that we have been given to have a reset, it's right now. So this is a chance to put in things so that when life restarts, You say, well, whatever comes into my life, it's going to have to fit around these building blocks that are already in. But for now, God is inviting us to know his unforced rhythms of grace, as the Bible calls them, that he calls his Sabbath. Are you in?
Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.